At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, everyone. You're back where it's at, and I'm here to attack the latest show that keeps you in the know. Reaching and teaching and sometimes preaching a message to all while we have a ball. You're tuned in to the March 5th edition of Talking with T. I'm Tanisha Baker and I'm excited to be your host with the most of trending news, hot topics and more. It's March 5th and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, the beautiful Latino actress Eva Mendez, comedian and actress Marsha Warfield, late soulful singer Tina Marie, and religious leader Joel Osteen. It's the first show of March, so that means we start a new theme. The theme this month is March Madness, and each week we will highlight a topic that is just clearly pure and utter madness. To kick it off, I think it is madness that the government can't figure out how to implement a policy or law that gives us some sense of gun control. How many lives have to be lost? How many families have to grieve? How many people have to beg for protection from this madness? Why does anyone need an AR-15? Must a weapon intended for protection be that extreme? If you have any ideas about gun control, I would love to hear from you. You can call in the talk line, that's 865 865- Four zero nine one one seven zero, or comment on the Talking with T Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram social media outlets, or you can comment on the website directly under today's show tab. That's www.talkingwitht.com. The month of March is recognized as National Women's History Month. So here's to strong women everywhere. May we know them. May we be them. May we raise them. On this date in history, March 5th, 1770, Crispus Attucks was the first person killed in the Boston Massacre. And on this date in 1985, educator, civil rights leader, founder of Bethune-Cookman College and the National Council of Negro Women, Mary McLeod Bethune, was commemorated on a U.S. postage stamp. For today's Happy Highlights, I want to share that the charity set up on behalf of slain Philando Castile has wiped out the school lunch debt in the district where he worked. Before he was killed by police during a traffic stop, Castile would often help kids who couldn't afford lunch out of his own pocket. This extension of kindness meant that no parent of the 37,000 kids who eat meals at school need to worry about an overdue bill. Now put your ears on blast. This will go real fast as we cover our Monday Minute Quick Bits. Chris Tucker announced on ESPN's The Plug podcast that Rush Hour 4 is on the way and I personally can't wait. The Rush Hour series has been one of my favorites. According to TMZ, Heather Locklear was arrested on charges of domestic violence and assaulting a police officer on February 25th. Bill Cosby's daughter, Insa, who strongly supported her father, died this past week of renal disease. 
Jordan Peele became the first black screenwriter to win an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for Get Out. Non-drinker Oliver Wiggins out of New York just received nearly a million dollars after suing New York City when wrongly charged with a DUI that was a part of a police cover-up for an officer-involved wreck where the officer was driving reckless. James Eric Davis killed both of his parents on the campus of Central Michigan University in what police describe as a domestic dispute. There are also reports that a possible drug overdose was involved leading to his actions. Lamont McIntyre was exonerated for a double murder case for which he served 23 years. This was in Kansas, which is one of the states that offers no compensation for wrongful convictions. Therefore, McIntyre received nothing after losing 23 years of his life. There are more than a dozen cases connected to the detective that charged McIntyre. You really need to read more about this story, and I have a link to that on today's show tab on my webpage. Hey, Knoxville, you need to get your tickets now to hear teacher-turned-comedian Eddie Comedy at the Knoxville Civic Auditorium on June 16th. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear a little of what Eddie B. Comedy has to offer. One parent gonna tell me it's hard for her to believe a little boy acting bad because he on the praise and worship team at the church. Well, he's on a behavior intervention plan here. The devil must be being busy. I've been getting on their daughter about speaking right in my class. Her mama tell her put her jacket on before she catch ammonia. I didn't know you could catch ammonia. The boy gonna take a marker and gonna mark up the flow. Why you do that? Because I don't feel like doing no work. That means you don't want to do recess either. No more recess until you reassess that attitude. His mama gonna tell me, I'ma talk to him. Need to whoop to him. You need a baptism pool at this school. Do a mandatory behavior dip. The better the kid, the longer you hold him up under. They gonna tell us, we need to watch our tone with the kid. My tone is gonna be whatever tone I need it to be in order to get my classroom to tone it down. To me, if you wanted to. When the girl come in my classroom singing, little trick, you can't mess with me. If you wanted to. Little girl, you can't pass my class with this attitude. See these here? These detention papers, see you after school. I told one little girl not to hit nobody. She gonna raise her hand at me. I hope you're trying to show me how good your nails look. It's now time for one of my favorite parts of the show, and that's when I get to talk to the know-it-all Professor Jay and our top investigator, most often instigator, P.I. Pam. And so today, Trending News and the Crazy Chronicles are pretty much one and the same because in keeping with our theme this month, March Madness, these stories are just crazy. I'm going to start with schools in West Virginia. They're closed again today for the eighth day as teachers are on strike to demand better pay. Teachers in West Virginia are among the lowest paid in the country, and they're pretty much just asking for a 5% rate. Now, all 55 counties will have school closures. That's about 20,000 teachers who actually walked out on February 22nd, which kept about 277,000 students out of school. Union leaders say the teachers will not return to work until they get their 5% rate. Well, now, as you said, West Virginia is one of the lowest paid states in the United States for teacher salaries, and I happened to see a story on the news about that a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, down here in my neck of the woods, it's not like we're balling or shot calling as educators. I looked at the starting salary for teachers in West Virginia because they showed a little graphic on the story or whatever. And I said, really? 
This is what y'all start y'all teachers off with. And so as an educator, I would I would be pretty safe in saying that they're justified in striking. Now, of course, there's a very serious impact on student learning because I'm not really sure where West Virginia stands in terms of educational achievement with standardized testing, so on and so forth. But still, teaching is one of the most underpaid and underappreciated professions. And as educators, we go through and we have to deal with so much, you know. Right. Let's not even talk about the administrative paperwork, the red tape, the new initiatives that seem to be popping up every year. Let's not even talk about that, but let's talk about the impact that we make on our students because for a lot of us, we're acting as surrogate parents for the six to seven hours that the students are under uh, our tutelage, you know, Many of us come out of our pockets to provide for students who may lack whatever, and mm -hmm. oftentimes we're the we're the voice of reason and the listening ear that the students don't otherwise have. And many people have often told me, you know, I feel like y'all ought to be paid as much as NFL players. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, because we go through a lot. And then with that being said, many of us put in hours beyond the school day. Right, as right. As, would, as, mu as much as we would like to, you know, shut our laptops down, pack our bags, and not have to deal with school until the opening bell rings the following morning, that's often not the case. Because we're up doing lesson plans, grading papers, and if for nothing more, at minimum, we're trying to reflect upon the previous day's instruction or trying to figure out how we can do things differently when we walk in the in the schoolhouse doors in the morning. So that's my rant. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. I've always wondered why teachers get paid the least amount of, like, mainly all professions. It just makes no sense to me. I wonder. I don't even know where it started, why they just got paid. You know, just, it, it makes no sense. Teachers should it's be getting paid way more. You Some managers at fast food restaurants make more than teachers. Right. And to think that all professions start with a teacher. Right. You know, before right. a kid gets anywhere, they had to come through a teacher, a teacher who has educated them and giving them the skills and proficiencies to enter into any profession. So it's always been the great mystery, and I guess these teachers in West Virginia have had enough, and I wonder if it will spark a trend across the country, but we'll see. But for now, we're going to keep an eye on these teachers, and they're eight days in, and I'm hoping that they get their 5% raise. As you said, it's quite a dilemma because we know that time out of school Specifically, this amount of time is going to impact student learning. But again, right. at some point, I guess they had to stand up for what they consider to be fair. So, right. Jay, you mentioned, you know, impact on student learning, and teachers have such an impact. And on the flip side of that, we've talked on this show a few times about teachers who are in front of our children that shouldn't be. And Diana Wolitich, a 25-year-old social studies teacher at Crystal River Middle School in Florida 
has been discovered to be the host of the white nationalist podcast titled Unapologetic. It was also said that she was bragging about how she teaches her views in public schools. And once again, these are the people in front of our children. Now, in the school she teaches, the student population is about 90% white. I don't have a lot to say about her because she just makes me sick. And I don't know how we vet these people. I don't know how we can keep people with racist views, bigotry, and all of that from being in front of our kids and influencing our kids. But that's another thing we need to figure out because we've had these stories way too many times on this show alone. Right. And so I uh, I saw the headline for the story, and I didn't even attempt to read it because I knew I was going to get upset. And, mm-hmm. you know, as educators, we have our own opinions. Uh, we have our own views. We bring our own experiences with us when we come into the classroom, but there is a sense of objectivity that we have to hold on to because we're shaping the minds of young people who are very impressionable and who a lot of times believe what we say is gospel. Right. So, you know, with with a situation like this, you've got a teacher who has very dogmatic, racist views who's up before our students. And there are some things that don't, you know, merit conversation during the course of the instructional day. Right. Well, I agree that she shouldn't express those views or those doctrines or beliefs in the classroom. But I personally believe that if she has those views, whether she expressed them in the classroom or not, she shouldn't be teaching. Because I can't. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think it's hard for her to actually educate children. And like you said, we bring our experiences into the classroom. And generally, an educator, a good educator is objective, and we're not biased. Uh, But we do bring our experiences and who we are and our character with us. Everybody does. So if she is one that actually hosts a podcast where she is very proud of her views, you can't convince me that that doesn't impact the way she teaches and what she teaches. Exactly. Exactly. So I just want her fired. I want her gone. Yeah, I want her gone. And the thing is, she's been secretly recruiting uh, white supremacists to become teachers in public schools because she wants the views of them to be prevalent in, in the school. So it's no telling how many teachers that are friends with her that are in the school system anyways. Deuce's daughter. Throw them all away. Throw them all away. Yeah, start over. And and before we move, I just want to say one more thing. What takes people so long to reprimand teachers when they have found them to be a negative influence on the kids that they're teaching? Or if they have questionable character or they've done some things that we know aren't going to benefit the classroom. What takes so long? What's all this investigation? Once you have proof that it was done, why, why you just can't have a little pad of pink slips, write one out, and say toodles? And we know, I mean, people deserve an investigation to a point. I'm not saying that before people take it the wrong way. I'm not saying that 
if you're accused of something, you should just be found guilty. But what I'm saying is when you have all this evidence right there for you, what is there to investigate? That is the investigation. There's an update on Twitter, and it says, update in big letters, teacher with mm-hmm. white supremacist podcast removed from Florida classroom, Diana Rotich, or whatever her alias name was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both of them are gone. <laughs> Well, good. Well, good. Toodles. But while we're on teachers, a Georgia teacher caused a panic after he fired a shot inside his classroom. So this happened Wednesday morning. Students had tried to get into the classroom but couldn't get in, so they went and got the principal. He started to use his key to open the door. That's when he heard the gunshot. So about 45 minutes later, police officers got the teacher named Randall Davidson to surrender. All of this, and you know people are on edge because we had the recent shooting in Florida where 17 lives were lost, and I don't want us to forget it wasn't but a week or two before that when they had the shooting in Kentucky. So people are already on edge, and of course there's a proposal for teachers to be able to carry firearms in the classroom and such, which we talked about last week. I I'm leaning more toward this not being a good idea. I was already thinking that, but I'm really landing on the side of that's not a good idea. No, 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 just no. The thing with this man is that he's been in psychiatric facilities three times before this incident, and he still managed to keep his job. He was hearing voices. Here we go again. Mm. He was hearing voices. Said he was gonna kill. He had killed some people. They, they put him in a psychiatric facility. Let him out. He's still teaching. Next incident, he went off the rocker again. He's back in a psychiatric facility. He's still teaching. How is he managing to keep his job? And he's having all these psychiatric incidents. And not well, only did he manage to keep his job, he managed to keep his gun on top of that. Right. It's right. It's a carrier gun. That's so. Somebody they dropped the ball on this one. He should have been been uh, at Shady Acres somewhere. <laughs> Shady Acres, <laughs> really? <laughs> so Sam, I agree. Because you know, usually right along with the discussion of gun control is one for mental illness. Because of course, a lot of times somebody snapped or has some mental breakdown that causes them to go off, and then we have these mass shootings or whatever, and he has it all in one. Again, how do we vet these? What? I don't know. How we how we have these people in front of our kids? Because I think last week, Jay, you mentioned not only, you know, when we talk about teachers having guns, how they might panic in a situation and, shoot a kid that doesn't deserve to be shot or perceive right. a situation to be bigger than it is. But what if the teacher snaps and they're, they're permitted to have a gun? Now, if they snap at home, that's bad. But if we let them have their guns at school and they snap at school, it can be a tragedy, another tragedy. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the little kids. If you have a gun mm-hmm. in the classroom, little kids are nosy and messy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, anything could ha- I just don't think it's, it's a good idea to have it 
have guns for for any teacher. They have to have some other way where they can prevent things because this this isn't it. There's too many crazy right. people with, with jobs. It's not it. I think there are trainings and things. I, it's not it. I think there are other things they can do besides that. And, again, last week we talked about the elementary school teacher who accidentally left her gun in the bathroom, and it was found by her students, these little kids. So we know that could have been a tragedy. And then wasn't it the teacher who accidentally shot himself last week? Or her yeah. Uh, shot himself. Mm. Okay, America. Okay. Well, I was hoping this next story was a joke, but apparently Stacey Dash is running for Congress in California. CNN reported that she has filed <laughs> CNN reported that she has filed papers to run in California's forty fourth district as a Republican. Now this district includes Compton, Watts, San Pedro, and North Long Beach and has long been run by Democrats. Well, she can hang it up. <laughs> I kept reading it trying to think, why? Who pumped her up to do this? Was it that the teacher we were head. just talking about? <laughs> it was It was the voices in our head. <laughs> right. I guess. Well, we'll see how that turns out for her. So, you know, while we're on the theme of March Madness, have y'all heard about Lisa Palmer and Hunter College? Mm. <laughs> I saw it briefly, but fill us yeah. in, please. Yeah. All right. So here, here's the tea. You know, I know many of us as adults would like to go back and relive some aspects of our college days. But Lisa mm-hmm. Palmer is a student, well, was, let me put that in past it, was a student at Hunter College. And at the age of 32, she refuses to leave her dorm room that she has occupied uh, as of, or since rather, June 7, 2016. And it says that she's racked up $94,000 in unpaid residence hall charges. So wait a minute. I'm going to need you to slow down. Is she, let's, hold on a minute. Is she a student? She was a student. Two years ago. Yeah. However, she dropped she dropped uh, out and refused to let her register in fall 2016 after there was a dispute between her housing and her tuition bill. She says that she felt that there was a miscommunication. She met with the dean. The dean treated her unfairly, and they pretty much told her to pack up things and get out. And mind you, she's been at Hunter College since 2010. And wait a minute. According to the new, wait, I need you wait. to slow down one more time. What year is this? What? 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Okay. What's yeah. she getting? What's she getting? Her master's, doctorate? Um, <laughs> from what we saw, she was a geography major. And this is the killer. This chick has up a real job. She works for an architecture firm. So, you know, I'm thinking if you're working for an architecture firm, you're probably making pretty decent money in order to go out and get a for real apartment. And, you know, in New York, I understand that uh, the rent is a little bit higher than maybe other areas in the United States. 
So, you know, she may, would have had to get a roommate or whatever, which, again, those of us who are sane would be able to understand. But she is 32 years old, still kicking it, up in a college dorm, and, um, you know, says that her dorm room is adorned with a lava lamp, a dream catcher, and piles of dirty dishes. Wait a minute. So she refuses to leave? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. They can't evict her? Well, they they tried, but she said uh, she gave the people Jennifer Holiday. And no, I'm not going. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's the part. They can't just pack up her stuff and sit it outside. Look, apparently this is a hard-fought fight for, for even that to happen. But as we look on the New York Post article, baby, she is standing up in the middle of this messy dorm room with her arms folded, with her crotch on, like, "Mm mm-mm, who's going to She ain't going. She ain't going. And she owes how much? She owes how much? $94,000. I was just thinking, because she could have bought a house for that. A whole house. A whole house. At 32, she'd be out, you know... Having kids, doing stuff, you know, okay. She has a job. She has a whole job. She's been in school since 2010. So she's just racking up, she's racking up money. I hope she's saving it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just outdone because, you know, while I enjoyed my time at the University of Tennessee Knoxville on the fifth floor of North Carrick Hall, then down to the third floor, and then over to Hess Hall on the first floor where we had no air. I don't think that as a full-grown adult with a career, I would want to walk up in a dorm and be kicking it and living with the undergrads at Mm. the age of well over 20-something. Amen. That's a 62-year-old man in that same dorm, too, though. Damn. And where are his kids? That's my question. <laughs> he's uh, just, he's gone, are y'all he's making gone, this up? No, Where's I'm the story? Okay. Uh, I'm going to post a story on the website. <laughs> he said he's a resident. He's a resident. You know, he's doing his, he's in nursing. Because she's in a nursing dorm, evidently, for some reason. But she's a geography major. Could you find a man of that? <laughs> she could have had to find her way out of the dorm. So her mind is bad. Yeah, they might need to do a psychiatric evaluation on her because she seems like she might, she be, might be a little slow. Right. Well, if you've been working on a geography degree since 2010, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out there's an issue here. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Um, our final story is about Pastor Dr. William Curtis, who has a 10,000-member congregation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is noted as a struggling city. Um, Pittsburgh has a higher percentage of people in poverty than the U.S. as a whole. But apparently, everybody in broke. Some kind of way in this poor city, the right Reverend Dr. Curtis is driving a $230,000 Bentley. And somebody posted on Twitter that his church, which is Mount Ararat Baptist, was the most popular church in the city. 
and they haven't sponsored one community event. So he's all over the news accused of sucking his congregation dry. Hmm. Well. <laughs> so he actually rolls up. I think he's, I think he's one of the pastors that has the, the list on the bulletin board when you don't tie it to. Well, I would think so. They said, he said God wants him to be rich. But well, okay. The Bible does say, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosperous. But again, this begs the question of, as pastor, how much do you prosper at the expense of your congregation? Or right. in other words, why should you be balling when your congregation is waiting on their EBT or, as we said last week, their box from the great cheetah? <laughs> I think you hit it. You're right. Because prosperity is one thing. And I guess if his church were one where many members were well off, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But to know that he is really taking advantage, at least the way the story is read, of a congregation that is comprised of many people in poverty, and they're giving, 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 and they're still in poverty, and he's driving a Bentley, to me, that's not a good message. No. But he has a 10,000-member congregation. And then you think about if if everybody gave $1, that's $10,000 a week right there. So you know they're giving way more than that. Right. Right. You know, if everybody's active and, you know, giving offering and tithing. But I don't know. All I can think about is when Martin then went to sign his mama at that church and she was giving all her money to <laughs> Reverend Ronnie <laughs> <Reverend Lonnie> Love. <laughs> Oh, I remember every oh. sitcom. Oh. <laughs> I know I said our last story was our last story, but I just remember this one more thing I want to talk about. Did y'all see where this person who claimed to be a firefighter or whatever, I don't know the, the relevance of that, but evidently there was a family there having a birthday party of 20 or 30 people, and they had a toddler, and the toddler kind of wandered off, was walking around, and this person called that little child the N-word and spit on them. And I couldn't, I, I almost needed some oxygen right then reading the story. Like, I had to catch my breath. I couldn't imagine being somewhere and somebody spit on my child. And, and I was saying, that's the kind of stuff that makes people snap. They, they forget who they are. Next thing you right. know, you in jail like Sophia from The Color Purple. Because... Good. I could imagine blacking out, but really, you got to think, when you react to something like that, you are going to jail, you may lose your job, and then you won't even be with your family. But see, that's the logical thing to think. When somebody spits on your child, all of that goes out your brain, I'm pretty sure. And they said that they are going to pursue charges. And Hooters said that they are cooperating fully with the investigation. Here we go with this investigation again. The witnesses were there. It happened. He should have been arrested on the spot for assault because that's what the charges are going to be. But that just, this this great U.S. of A., I don't, I don't know, y'all. Yeah, I, I would conveniently forget where I was and who I was. And exactly. all this would be off. Mm. Mm. And you tell me that he should have been arrested on the spot. He should have been handcuffed 
to the bed and ICU, so that's probably where it would have been if they, <laughs> even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't my child, if it was a child right. with me, and they came over there and this man has spit, spitting on somebody is the utmost disrespect you could ever do to somebody. When you spit on and somebody, I, that, yeah. that's grab that's grab to open up can you know what? Just open the whole oh, can. Yeah. Open up the, the six whole. pack. The case. The whole can. No. A six pack. Okay. And I kept reading the story trying to figure out where it got to the part of they turned that hooters out. But I never got to it. And I'm wondering, why not? you know, I don't condone fighting and, and causing brawls or whatever, but I think this would have been a perfect, perfect time to. Because how are you going to be at a party with 20 or 30 people and nobody turned the restaurant upside down? Nobody made hooters called hooters because they carried the H on with them. I mean, like, Anyways, listeners, you've heard several stories today. All of them uh, right along with March Madness. If you have any opinions or thoughts or ideas, feel free to comment by calling our talk line. That's 865-409-1170. You can respond to us on social media or the webpage. Well, I guess that's it for this bit. And as always, I've enjoyed the two of you and can't wait to hear what you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. How right now. Once again, we've come to the end. But be reminded, you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues. And your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is 865-409-1170. And we look forward to hearing from you. I have joined the East Knoxville Freedom School, the Village of Knox, and the Austin East Project grad team for the Black Panther Challenge. We are raising money to send kids with limited resources to see the movie Black Panther. We think it is important that kids see heroes that look like them, not to mention powerful women and scientists. Visit my webpage for the YouCaring donation link. Also make note, I'm still looking to share and highlight music from rising artists, and I look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. If you're interested in having your product or service featured on Talking With T, we would love to help you promote your business. Tune in the way you like and pick your pleasure by choosing to listen to Talking With T anytime on your time on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Speaker, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. Look out for new shows each and every Monday. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. A river cuts through a rock not because of its power, but its persistence. Remember where you heard the word, keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With T.